0: Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one.
1: I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. Uh, you know, Wobbles. Oh. I'm kind of mad at you. And as a reasonable man, I wanted to do whatever was necessary to find a peaceful solution
0: to his problem. All right, people out there in podcast land, welcome to another episode of. Punching Up Movie Podcast, where for those of you who haven't tuned in and this is your first sort of experience, we, Damien and I, long-standing friends, known each other for 30-something years, big movie fans, where we take a movie that is highly regarded in the canon, so to speak, or a cult favourite, or just very, very popular indeed, which one of us has an issue with, and we take a swing at it. So this is the movie podcast, and I'm a little bit embarrassed about this one, Damien, because on one level I'm very happy because you're being the aggressor this time. So you've nominated this film, but it's actually, well, just tell us what the film is.
1: So the film's The Departed by Martin Scorsese from 2006. Yeah, that's the important thing, directed by Martin Scorsese, which is our sort of two and a half, the third. We did the third time. We've sort of taken a swing at uh, possibly one of the greatest directors out there. Somebody who I totally and utterly rate as well. And I love his yeah. work. Um, I enjoy
0: what he does. I, I think that's important to emphasise that both of us are in full accord that Martin Scorsese is one of the greatest directors, and you can stack his filmography up with any 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 director that would be considered great. You know, from Burnout to Hitchcock to John Ford, to Fellini, to Antonioni, Kurosawa, et cetera, et cetera. But for some reason, he's just sort of popped up three times. And uh, and if this, you know, to use fight analogies, this is our first fight trilogy, isn't it? So this is like uh, uh, Ali Frazier. I don't know who we are. We're definitely not Ali.
1: I think Raging Bull won the first one. Um, I think we lost Raging Bull, Really, I think we ended up sort of coming round to the fact that it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing film. And uh, pound for pound, Raging Bull, yeah. I think won. I think yeah. we definitely won Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Um, so, so I think you know this is a, this is the deciding, um, the deciding matchup. Yeah. Let's see who wins Scorsese or two. Non-entity year-old losers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can you give us a? Uh, uh... A plot summary of The Departed, please.
1: OK, briefly, it's set in Boston, Massachusetts, in the United States of America. An undercover cop, Billy Costigan, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is embedded into a criminal organization run by a gangster, Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson. And another cop working in the police force, Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, is secretly working for Frank Costello. So each cop is trying to figure out who's the traitor, who's the mole, in order to save their own lives. It was based very closely on the excellent Hong Kong action thriller from 2002, Infernal Affairs, which I'm sure we'll both speak about a little bit. This rat and mouse thriller remake cost $90 million to make and raked in today almost $300 million. Bless you lot.
0: Yeah, so a little, little bit of uh, customary background information on the film. It was actually the um, the idea to make it was Brad Pitts and, and a producer called uh, Brad Young. No, Brad, yeah, yeah, no, Brad Gray. Brad Gray, the two Brads, Brad Gray and Brad Pitt. And Scorsese was brought on as a gun for hire. Uh, so he didn't initiate the project. It was... Um, Written by William Monahan, who was a Boston-based screenwriter, uh, you know, who, who sort of grew up in—I'm uh, not sure if he grew up in—is—is in, in, it, is it, is it the sort of southy area of Boston where a lot of this is set? But he certainly certainly knew the world, and um, you know, and, and and writes his screenplay. There's there's a lot there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of uh, possibilities of different directions this film could have gone in because certain casting what ifs, um, you know scorsese he wanted to sort of you know he wanted brad pitt to be in it brad pitt initially wanted to be in it but he sort of nixed himself because he felt he was too old to play either of the two cops um robert de niro may have come back into the fold to play quegan the um the police uh chief or your or the presiding sort of police mentor of of leonardo dicaprio but he was directing the good shepherd ironically with matt, matt damon so i'm not sure how the scheduling works out there but um you know, and, and Al Pacino might have been brought in for the same part. Le- Ray Liotta was considered at one point, and then they sort of settled on uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, um, uh, Martin and Sheen. They brought in some. You know, obviously they brought in. You know, Matt Damon's got the the the, the added uh, uh, level of sort of um, why you'd want to cast him because he's a Boston boy. Um, they they brought in the the ultimate alpha Boston boy, Mark Wahlberg, to play. I think one of the more entertaining supporting characters in it, and and then the key bit of casting was Jack Nicholson, and again Jack Nicholson wasn't the first choice to play the mobster, uh, and he didn't initially want to do it. He wanted to play, he'd done a lot of comedies, and he didn't initially want to play the part. He wanted to play something darker. He wanted to work with Scorsese, but he didn't um, like the character as it was written. So what, what they do, which I think is crucial to kind of the evolution of the the, the, the his character, is they they allowed him free reign to improvise a lot of his stuff. Some of like, like the famous sequence where he, he sort of pretends to be a rat. Um, the, the outrageous sequence where he, he literally gets out a dildo in the middle of a uh adult film uh theater and where he throws coke over prostitutes. And a lot of the lines were improvised by Jack Nicholson. And he, he seemed to sort of unique to um uh Scorsese movie, seemed to have a, 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 a like more power on set than Scorsese did. And there were certain things he vetoed, but even though he's a Boston. Um, he's a Boston, uh, you know, sort of gangster. He, he wouldn't wear a, a Boston Red Sox hat because he was, uh, I think, a, a Yankees fan. And, and and he actually, I think, he wears a, a Yankees hat, you know, which, which is consistent with the, the, the perverseness of the character. And and I suppose most significantly, what they did was they based him, you know, the, you know, without you know, they make, they based him on the famous um, Boston uh, organized crime figure Whitey Bulger, you know, who was. Um, you know, sort of a bit of a folk hero for those non-Bostonians, uh in 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 uh, in Boston at the time, until it was found out that he was working with the FBI, which they integrate into into the film. It wasn't in, in the original script. Um bit of tension on set. The only real bit of drama is the fact that um Ray Winston, who's who's, who's cast as um uh Jack Nicholson's right hand man, a character called Frenchie, um, and Jack Nicholson didn't go on with each other. So there was tension there you know and Ray Winston's he's, he's, he's quite discreet about why but he, he's quite happy saying that yeah you know, we didn't like each other and, and he sort of leaves it at that but other than that I think it was a tough shoot and and then the movie comes out and does surprisingly well at the box office and and this is something that uh Damien may take issue with kind of cleaned up at the Oscars it, I think he got five nominations he didn't, didn't really get that many acting nominations and um, the only acting nomination was for Mark Wahlberg for nothing, so nothing for the major players, which also includes like Vera Firminga. uh, He's the only significant woman in in the part in the film. Um, but other than Mark Wahlberg, it wins every award it's up to, including editing from the you know, the kind of long time Scorsese collaborator, film shoemaker, best adapted screenplay, and and best director. So there's a consensus that this is more a career award for Martin Scorsese than you know that he'd been he. I think I think it was his like fifth or sixth time he'd been nominated, and he famously lost to good but inferior movies like you know Dances with Wolves, with, beats him over Goodfellas, Ordinary People, beats him over Raging Bull are the two most talked about examples, and he didn't expect to win, so you know he he was as surprised as anybody. He gets his Oscar, and and then goes on to almost like sort of greater success with films like The Wolf of Wall Street and Killers of the Flower Moon. Which, which looks like it's going to make a lot of money and possibly net him maybe another Oscar. So that, that's that, that's a bit of a sort of garbled background to The Departed. Is there anything else you would like to add to that, Damien?
1: No, no, I'll just get into it if you don't mind. Um, yeah, that's I, fine. The yeah. The reason why I put The Departed on the uh, punching up um, butcher's table was when it came out in 2006, I just wasn't very happy with it. it had only been like four years since Infernal Affairs had come out. And, you know, I'm a big Hong Kong movie lover. I I loved all those films um, back then. And it just felt a bit like unnecessary. I'm also not a massive fan of remakes Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form. Like, you you know, you you may be able to pluck out a couple of remakes out of the vast swathe um, of remakes that there are that are decent and worth, um, watching, but most of them are just cheap and they lack any kind of uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching this film, I'm obviously comparing it to Infernal Affairs. Uh, I didn't enjoy this film as much as Infernal Affairs. I think this film has more um, fleshed-out characters a little bit than Infernal Affairs. I think that uh, uh, the the Hong Kong one is is more stylish. Mm -hmm. this film paces along beautifully and again down to schoolmaker, she's brilliant like she is you know one of the best editors out there and um and when she's on point with this sort of stuff there's nobody can match her i don't think so yeah i just think i was disappointed and and then it won the oscar and it was like okay and i get it career oscar i get all that stuff um it's just one of the reasons why and i do watch the oscars and i do i am interested in it but You know, nobody's ever going to be 100 percent happy with the Oscars, because how can you really compare like performances or films? Because it's so subjective. Right. Mm -hmm. What something means to you may not mean the same thing to somebody else. Yes, you might have a lot of people who are in agreement, but I don't know. What was the departed up against? Do you remember?
0: I, I don't. I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't that was the blind spot in my research i don't know
1: no all good all good yeah um but i'd be surprised if um, there wasn't a better film than uh, than that or at least subjectively
0: from my point mm-hmm. of view now now I, I my my experience i remember i remember being like sort of apprehensive watching it because i'd liked infernal affairs and uh very much when i saw it at the cinema but i remember being pleasantly surprised that Kind of how good it was, I thought, and you know, my, and, and in my mind, it was always well. It's it's kind of a little bit of notch down from his sort of, you know, kind of uh you know, better known gangster movies. You know, I suppose you've got the, you know, you you know, like Mean Streets, Goodfellas, you know, Casino, and The Irishman, even. Um, but and and this, this this I think we need to we need to sort of like uh up up the up the temperature in the room and turn this into a proper scrap. Here's something. I, on my rewatch this week, and I watched it first, and then I watched Infernal Affairs straight afterwards, like on the same day. Rewatched it. I think it's mm. a better movie. Like, genuinely, oh, no. I genuinely, I think it's a better movie. Come on, I, I want more anger from you, Damien. Uh, you're yeah, not I want rage. More anger, mate. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: no, you're not going to get more anger. Again, it's like that subjectivity, isn't it? It's a, it's all down to taste.
0: Well, your um, point. I, I
1: think I, I Well, I mean, how yeah. is it not? How is it not subjective? Like well, because well, because well, right? because in,
0: in this instance you've got a like for like comparison, so it's less subjective because you've got uh, an hour and a half um, Hong Kong movie and then a two and a half hour movie, and that and that and that they're, they're sort of that it's the same story, it's, it's effectively the same character. So I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna weigh in on, on remakes. I, I generally I feel the same way about remakes, but I think there's enough. I think there's a if there's a reason if there's a different angle and a different point of view that you can bring to something. Then it then it sort of justifies the remake, and I think I think Scorsese has always been very very respectful about the original. Like, yeah, you know, when you read interviews with him, you was talking about the excellent Infernal Affairs, and there's no bagging on it, which actually wasn't the case. I think um, I think Andrew Andy Lau, the star of uh, Infernal Affairs, is is a little bit you know he, he sort of he take he takes the Scorsese, he's respectful, but he still criticizes it and things like that. But I think within the first sort of ten minutes. Of Infernal Affairs, it's a Scorsese movie because, and I, I was I was quite surprised because it opens almost like similar to, to Goodfellas, and, and you, Goodfellas. you can you can make this case against it. Opens with this montage that sets up the world that's Jack Nicholson basically setting out a philosophy of gangsterdom, and then you have this montage of murder, recruitment. Um, you see the two characters, and you know, and, and, and you, you do have the montage at the beginning of the um, Hong Kong version. And, and then the, the, the titles come in about sort of five, ten minutes into the film, maybe a little bit longer in Infernal Affairs, and then and then the departed the titles comes up probably about 15 minutes into the film. And all, all of a sudden, you're in Scorsese world. And so what he's done is he's taken the world of Infernal Affairs, which is rooted in a Buddhist sense of damnation. And he's applied Catholicism to that. So theologically it's it's different now. And and it's a Scorsese movie, even even to the point of throwing in the same Rolling Stones song. Which could be evidence against him that he just reuses. Uh, I think it's "Give Me Shelter." He's reused that, you know. But that, but that almost becomes a sort mm. of a leitmotif of Scorsese, you know. And, and and I think I think within ten minutes, I'll, oh, this is a Scorsese movie. And then and then I just went with it. And I think the length really works. I mean, we've talked a lot, we bagged on movies a lot about their length in this. But I think in this case, I'd reverse it. I think the length really works in its favour, and, and 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 it gives him time to sort of flesh out. The cops, and more so the underworld, um, in a way that, for whatever reason, isn't the case in 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 uh, in, in Infernal Affairs. And Infernal Affairs. I watched it straight afterwards, and it felt it felt like things happened too quickly, and it felt that they were that there was a lot missing that I missed, you know. And and, and Scorsese not got necessarily got a good reputation for, um, you know, actors actresses always they always deliver brilliant performances, but. I think we talked about this in uh, Raging, the Raging Bull episode that women tend to be sort of Madonnas or whores, and 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 but he he does better with the female characters, well the Vera Flamingo character, and, and and also even though it's a tiny role, the girlfriend of Jack Nicholson, she doesn't have much to do, but you get a real sense of a character, like why they would be attracted to each other, why she survived so long, you know, things like that, and 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 the way he recruits her in such a creepy manner in the early you know, almost as a teenage girl. And that, and that just shows a level of depravity, but also charisma of Jack Nicholson. So all, all of those elements, and I, I love this, I love the screenplay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop because I've just thrown loads of things at you. So, so mm. you know, I, I think in this instance, it's <laughs> utterly, utterly justified as a remake. And I, I prefer it. I prefer the casting. I prefer the performances. I prefer the pacing. And I think
1: probably a lot of people will... Prefer the yeah. Departed. A lot of people will. It's like, obviously, it's an American film. It's got big Hollywood stars. It's well made. Um, I uh, didn't like it as much. Uh, I, I prefer the 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 styling of the Infernal Affairs. I I, I don't. I tell you what I don't like about Departed. So I didn't like the fact that Vera Farmiga's character was just a mishmash of the three different characters in Infernal Affairs. Now, I understand in Infernal Affairs, you you don't get to see lots of those, um, uh, lots of scenes with each of the characters. Obviously, Infernal Affairs 2, Infernal Affairs 3, they build upon those characters. I didn't like that uh, Vera Farmiga um, was uh, the girlfriend of Matt Damon, and um, that it was this weird tryst that just didn't really kind of go anywhere. They didn't feel like there was a, a an ending to it, you know. Uh, for me, I, I thought she was great. I thought she was fine, and and she was fleshed out really nicely. And she was a good character. And as what you were saying about the Jack Nicholson's girlfriend, yes, yeah, she was also good. I. I, i'm not like a massive matt damon fan i think that he's a competent actor he's a, a, a competent he's a good actor he's you know like he, he can he can do the thing but i don't i don't buy him like all his sort of like southie charm and his grinning and stuff like i i bought it back in goodwill hunting yeah. but i don't buy it now i just watch it and i just see for me just um Artifice. I don't feel that it seems connected to. And similarly with Mark Wahlberg, yes, you're 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 pattering with um, uh, against Alec Baldwin, and there's there's patter, 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 patter. And I get it, but again, I don't, I don't. It's almost like it's to me, it's a bit of a pantomime. It's a it's a bit of a it's just a show.
0: But, but don't but don't you think I don't, don't you think the that- character? But don't you think? Uh, I think in those instances, I think it kind of works in the film's favor because I was watching it and thinking about like your, your and I like I really like Matt Damon. I I think he's I think he's terrific. I think he's you know he, I I I haven't got a problem with him. But I I, but I thought I was watching that thinking I wonder what Damien's thinking. But but it, certainly in the first half of the movie, he's supposed to be all those things because he's constantly playing a role, sure. isn't he? And he and his and his and his um his cocksureness is supposed to be. I don't think you're supposed to like him until the second half of the movie where he starts to kind of, you know, feel like so steeped in blood, you know, and, and he, you know, and there's a, there's a sequence, there's a sequence where he, there's, there's an incredible sequence and I, it's not in the original. They they, they sort of, um, they, they almost sort of play the sequence. I don't know if it's shot for shot where they almost encounter each other in, in a cinema mm. and Leonardo DiCaprio follows him out and, and he knows he's being followed and DiCaprio's phone goes off, gives him away. And then he waits with a knife to kill, you know, the person that's following him, and stabs the wrong guy. And from that point on, he starts to unravel, and he's he's sort of obviously he's projecting, but he's coming apart inside. And 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 I, I thought I thought it, it really plays on what people might not like about about the, about Damon in in the first half, and then by the end, you know, he's he's never a completely sympathetic character, but I think you you sort of feel the weight of blood on him. Um. I like. I'm not a mass. I, I, no, I do like Mark. I don't like him as a as a person, particularly. But I do. I do enjoy watching Mark Wahlberg, and I, I and I enjoyed. But again, he's acting. You know he's he's you know when he when he's when he's sort of um, recruiting. That's the Matt key Damon. thing, mate. He's acting. No, no, that's the yeah, key then, thing.
1: I'm yeah. seeing, and I know I know that's not what you're saying. I know yeah. that's not what you're saying, but yeah. that was my problem with Matt Damon, and that's yeah. my problem with um, with uh, the Mark Wahlberg. But yeah. I feel that I see their acting. Yeah. You know, it's not that it's not that the characters are not meant to be this, and it's not meant to be written out like that. I get all that. I yeah. just can see the acting, yeah. and I don't buy it. I, what it's a, almost like leo 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 is the only one in the film who is pared everything back
0: he's you know? brilliant and in the film i think i think he's fantastic i
1: think he's really good yeah yeah
0: and and i, rem- I remember when we were talking about leonardo dicaprio in inception and i, I think i'd done him a bit of an injustice cuz i said you know like you know he 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 didn't he didn't grow up until maybe with scorsese till the wolf of wall street i think this is it I'd have to re-watch the aviator because he's eaten alive. That's the interesting thing. He's eaten alive by as an actor by Daniel Day Lewis in Gangs of New York. I can't remember how well he carries the aviator. I, I've only seen it once. I enjoyed it. I have never I've, seen it. So probably pro- it's worth watching. It. I think I think probably yeah. pro- probably better than I remember. And then in this, I think he's he holds his own. He holds the screen with with Jack Nicholson. Is that fantastic? Well, I think it's a fantastic scene, which again was largely improvised where you just have that sit down where Jack Nicholson's trying to figure out if he's t- betrayed him. or you know, there's, there's an extended sequence. It's one of the few moments in the film where Scorsese isn't all kind of bells and whistles and, you know, Scorsese, Scorsese sort of editing, I'm not going to say tricks, mm. but the, thing, the things he does brilliantly. And it's just these two guys sitting down with with sort of um, Ray Winston in the room as well, which adds an extra level of menace, you know, because, you know, a, a nod from Jack Nicholson and he killed, um, DiCaprio, if he ever genuinely thought he was a traitor, and
1: mm. and I think
0: he holds the screen with with Jack Nicholson, and 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 he's you know I think he's I think he's wonderful in this film. You really do feel the torment in it, you know, and, and yeah, yeah.
1: The, I, the, there's there's a moment where Vera Farmiga says to him uh, something about your vulnerability is like it's killing me or something, you know. Yeah. Like, your vulnerability is yeah. off the charts, and it and it's so true. He does he. I see his vulnerability, mm. whereas with Matt Damon. Yes, after he stabs the guy and starts to unravel. I just didn't feel it. I didn't buy it. Like I I can see you're going through the motions of that. Yeah. But I I remember in in Infernal Affairs where Andy Lau, by the end of the film, he's kind of switching it around and starting to feel like uh, a kinship with Tony Leung's character. And um, and and obviously they he doesn't want him dead. And, you know, things happen, whatever. And I felt it much more with Andy Lau than I did with Matt Damon.
0: Here's um, here's a thing to throw about you. I think I think Tony. I love Tony Long. I I really like Andy Lau. I've not seen as much Andy Lau material. Having having watched having watched um, the Departed, I felt that they were too old to play those characters. Because um, I, I felt that the youth of of Damon and because you know I think they establish in they establish in uh, Infernal Affairs that uh, Tony Long has been undercover for ten years. You know, which mm. kind of justifies the fact that he's been played by a middle-aged guy. You know, they're both very good-looking, middle-aged, mm. young-looking middle-aged guys. Mm. you're long at this point. I mean, comparing him to Robert, like, oh, he's starting to look a little bit like um, light. You know, he started to, his, his, his beauty is starting to fade. It was Andy Lau is just ridiculously like beautiful man, and and but I, I, felt an were, I felt of... they were, I felt, I felt they were too old. Right? I felt the youth of or the relative youth of Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio really worked in the film's favor because they're they're like basically like boys being mentored by two very powerful father figures you know one evil and Mm. it's very very much god and the devil they're the kind of angels aren't they just kind of battling it out Mm. you know on on, on this sort of hellscape of criminal boston and 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 i i felt i just felt they were too old What, what do you think about that uh,
1: yeah i didn't see that i didn't feel that um i i think obviously watching them watching the departed then infernal affairs straight after is going to give you a certain amount of uh like you know you're right in there i think for me i watched infernal affairs and then maybe a week later i watched depart yeah. De- departed and then infernal affairs two or three so i had space in between and yeah. i didn't feel um that, But, you you know, you make a good point. Um, I just want to talk quickly about the the, the remakes. Can, yeah. can we just talk briefly about Cape Fear? So I, I, I watched oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the original Cape Fear and yeah. then watched Scorsese's um, Cape Fear. And that is a great example of uh, a remake that is a fantastic five-star film. Like, ah. I, I, I honestly feel that, like, there's, there's, there's almost nothing wrong with the... And both films are brilliant. I don't really feel one's better than the other. I think they they for me like as I watched them pretty close together mm. um, and and felt that they both had within them um, uh, the right amount of although I probably do prefer prefer Scorsese's film yeah whereas
0: whereas I, I feel exactly the opposite I I I, I, I watched I watched K. Fair I haven't, I haven't watched the original for a while I couldn't find it I couldn't find any I couldn't find it on streaming. I've got a copy of yeah. it but it's in storage for, for reasons I'm not going to go into but it was like you know um and I felt, I felt I think I felt this when I saw it in the 90s and I feel it now that I I really don't like the remake of Cape Fear um for for sort of different reasons that I like the remake of Departed I feel I thought well we could we talk about a lot a lot of things about Scorsese's technique and him sort of throwing Kind of everything at the kitchen sink i feel to elevate what is essentially pulp material whereas he should have just kind of rode with pulp a bit more but my 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 main thing is it, it all hinges on de niro's performance and i think it's one of his worst performances i really don't like him in and again you've got a like for like comparison with robert mitchum and i feel i feel that what you've got with um de niro in 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 kate fear is is you know what you were saying about matt Damon i feel that I, I feel that uh about de niro in 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 kate fear i feel what you're doing is you're seeing a method actor assemble all his method armor so he's got the accent he's built his body up mm. he's got the tattoos um i'm not convinced by the accent i think the accent kind of takes you out of the film a lot i'm not i don't think he's he a does, great he's not yeah, a great actor his... he isn't he's, he, you know he's a great actor but he has his limitations.
1: Counselor? Counselor? Could you be there? Could you be there? (whistles)
0: Counselor?
1: I wonder if you're here.
0: And also, I actually think you can understand why Nick Nolte took that role. He was working with Scorsese. But I think it would have been better if they'd reversed it because there's a sequence where towards the end where Nolte and and, and De Niro are fighting. And there's a bit where you just see Nolte's face just go feral. And you think, oh, I wish he played Max Cady because he's a bigger man. Mm. I think he's a naturally tougher man. He's he's got that he's 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 basically kind of got a screw loose a little bit anyway. And I thought he would have been mm. phenomenal. And I'd love to see seen the countercasting of a put upon De Niro, which we know he can do because he did a few years later he did uh, Mad Dog and Glory, where he plays a beta male. You know, there's that, that that's a that's a brilliant film for lots of countercasting, you know, who who who's kind of in in the in hoc, you know, who, you know, who's owed a favor by Bill Murray, who plays like an alpha gangster, and, and it's utterly convincing from both of them. Um and so I really don't like um Kate Fear very much. So I think that's 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 the sort of thing where almost like Scorsese's ambition artistically kind of works against the film. Whereas the first one is is it's like a brilliantly trashy, pulpy, nasty, straightforward thriller. And and what you have at the center of it is, I think, a far superior, far more malevolent performance by Robert Mitchell, who, if you scratch into his id, is a lot of those i'm not saying he's a sort of rapist murderer but he's a dark guy and also he's a very relaxed natural actor and you don't see any of the kind of moving moving parts to his performance whereas i think in that in in de niro you do you see you see you see every choice he's made you know to present this psychopath and what you get is an assemblage of you know method acting bits and bobs that aren't the sum of their parts i don't think whereas whereas mitchum especially if you sort of read about his background and things like that when he could be bothered you know he was absolutely magnetic and terrifying i think he's terrifying in that and, and also so I'll, I'll stop talking in a minute also what 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 scorsese does is he almost like amalgamates two robert mitchum psychopaths so there's as much as max cady there's a lot of, night of the hunter yeah night of the hunter with the tattoos with the Hmm. The, the, you know the kind of the the, you know, the religious rhetoric and things like that. And in both instances, you can go back and watch far better performances from from Mitchum That I mean, and that's a measure of his greatness as an actor. You can you can match him against De Niro, and he dwarfs him in those two roles. And then and then to, to add insult to injury, he has a brilliant cameo. One of the things I do love about Kate Fear. Two things I really I'm gonna I'm, not, I'm gonna say some nice things about Kate Fear. The one things I do love, I love the supporting cast. I think you know the the bringing back of Gregory Peck and Mitchum and then Joe Don Baker as the private. Oh, um, Martin Baker. Balsam as well. Martin Balsam. And, and, and the one, the one great sequence, the one great sequence in that film where everything quiets down is the famous sequence, the famous seduction sequence or the mental seduction sequence between De Niro and Juliette Lewis. And he is genuinely scary in that. and brilliant for, for, for that 10 minutes of that sequence. He's brilliant. And I, uh, I didn't want to leave Kate Fear without saying just how utterly fantastic Juliet Lewis is. I don't, you know, she's she's a she is amazing. She was
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Did she get nominated for? She did.
0: It's only only Oscar nomination. And um, you know, I was looking at that. I'm thinking, wow, she... and I think. And I love jo- Juliet Lewis, but she tends to sort of picture performances here from that point on, and she's probably one of the most like plausible, interesting, sort of intelligent teenagers I've seen in a movie. You know and I think she was like 19 or 20 when she made it which which makes it less disturbing because she's 15 in the film but she's brilliant she's absolutely brilliant in that and I, I like Juliette Lewis I think she's terrific but I think Same. that's possibly yeah. the best thing I've seen her do you know so yeah she's so, so, so
1: alive yeah um uh, in a way that as you say most um teenage performances are not. Yeah. Um, she's always there, she's always connected, she's always thinking, her eyes are always, you know, they're moving, there's there's, yeah. there's activity, there's teenage activity, and then when she feels like she's being seduced by him, so yeah, um, yeah, great, I, I uh, feel, I, I feel differently about that, yeah, I feel, yeah. I think Cape Fear is a far better film than Departed, uh, uh, but the reason why, again, subjectively, is yeah. because I enjoyed it more, you know, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy the, uh, the, um, so scorsese re uh, rework had alma bernstein rework the bernard herman score yeah, from the original yeah. um i love the soundtrack cuz i think it's brilliant it's the the dz era um, yeah. uh, you know main sort of theme it just brings in dread beautifully um i, I love the the camera work uh, mm. the odd sort of uh, weird kind of um claustrophobic uh, camera work that is reminiscent, and it's not like the original Cape Fear by any means. It's not like they used no, use no, it's the no, it's not, no, it's not. Yeah, but, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it, and I thought, okay, so it was the nineties, right? Cape yeah, Cape it was. Fair, it was Miami, I, I think it was nineteen ninety. 1990.
0: I think it was the same year because it was, the same year, cause it was, it was a kind of like he was up against because he. I think I believe I'm right in saying he lost to Anthony Hopkins for Silence of the Lambs. So it was like these two two psychopaths right. up against each other. Yeah, so he, he was Oscar nominated, yeah, yeah, as yeah. was. As was Juliette yeah. Lewis. Uh, I think Jessica Lang Yeah, was, was, she should have been nominated as well. She's very, very good at that film. Um, Jessica
1: Lang is very good in that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I enjoyed that uh, uh, very much. So as a remake, so yes. Uh, so it's but, not that I hate all remakes, but I just hate most of them.
0: No, no. So no, it's it's interesting because I felt I felt good because I remember going in to see Kate Fear, really looking forward to it, and, and you know, even even in my twenties, just coming out disappointed, and, and and then saw. I think I saw the. Because uh, they, they they put it, obviously it's like you know you you know they, they 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 you know if if there's a movie out there's a there's a remake if it's a, you know if there's a remake of something like you know BBC are probably going to put the original out if they've got the rights to it right? and then they put the original yeah. out and I was just and that was the beginning of me becoming a I was actually set that as homework because I really bagged on Mitchum so it was a really interesting sort of thing I I, I thought Mick I grew up with Mitchum just knowing it from the Winds of War and just being this sort of just like lazy kind of movie yeah i could see that he was a good movie star but i remember a, a friend of mine at drama school postgraduate italian-american uh, eric galati we just had this conversation where he i just said oh i think john wayne's not a very good actor i think um yeah robin litchell's not a very good actor and rather than just argue the toss with me he just sent me homework he goes all right, right. what yeah watch the original he did that with me and it's a great way of like sort of settling if you're open-minded it's a great way of settling an argument and mm. he just said to me all right uh, you don't think he's a good actor. You got these two movies on I, I might have been compressing the time period but they were all kind of quite similar to each other Goes watch him in the original kate fear uh and, and and watch him in but again a boston crime drama you know you watch him in the friends of Eddie coil specifically the speech talks, and he's very specific specifically the speech in the diner where he talks about getting his knuckles broken and and mm. in the course of those two movies i became a mitchum fan for life and, you know and, and for about 20 25 years he was like hands down my favorite actor now now he sort of jostles with Lee Marvin and Lee Van Cleef, you know they, they depending on what mood I'm in you know but
1: mm.
0: yeah so so if we can talk about talk about music because one of the things one of the things I I didn't like about well, I don't like about most Hong Kong movies I think the music's awful I think they have this very sort of tinny sentimental music I think the song that they play you know there's there's a, there's a kind of, yeah, a yeah, of yeah. motif yeah. when they listen to this song which is awful I, yeah, Scorsese is peerless with music. He's brilliant in the way he's. And I, th- I thought. I thought I thought the I thought the way he used music. You know, like you know, like I, the only one I remember is like, is the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, and, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of the Rolling Stones, which he always uses. Um, I, I think. I think his music editing is phenomenal, and I think it's great in yeah. the because obviously it's yeah. different music palette because it's not like 1950s rock and roll on the Stones. It's 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 very sort of Irish American. And I think the music is is just a really propulsive sort of element to *The Departed*. What what do you think about the music? And the score yeah, yeah, is good. I, I can't remember who did the score, but the score the actual score is good as well. Um, yes,
1: no, I did. the music's great. I mean, it does feel like a, um, a sort of uh, a companion piece to *Goodfellas* or something. Yeah. I think I probably yes. yeah. I probably like. And like, I like enjoyed the viewing of it more than I enjoyed Casino. Like I'm not a massive Casino fan. I've seen it a few times, and I've given it like plenty of times and choices. And just there's certain things in Casino that I don't like. Certain things that I love. Um, but with the Departed and the music and starting off, as you say, the first 10 minutes does just feel like okay, this is yeah. this is next film after Goodfellas straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to compare when goodfellas is just you know off the charts like you know a perfect film right yeah i, mean, I don't think i don't think
0: any, anyone saying the departed is better than goodfellas i mean i'm not no, I, mean, I love Departed no, but no. I, would, I wouldn't say that yeah
1: of course and i'm not talking about it being a better than but like yeah. you know getting up to that sort of level yeah. i think that uh, where goodfellas and well, i'm trying to compare and contrast but i just cared about the characters in mm. goodfellas and i didn't care about the characters in the well, departed although where, where, i did enjoy Jack Nicholson's performance.
0: Ah, uh, let's um, talk about let's talk about that then. Yeah. I got this rat, this annoying, heating eating
1: fucking rat, and it brings up questions. You know, see, Bill, like you're the new guy, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Why don't you stay in the bar that night? I got your numbers. Social security numbers, everybody's fucking numbers. Is is this something that you just want to go ahead and ask me, because I'll give you the fucking answer, all right? Frank, look at me. Look at me. I'm not the fucking rat, okay? I'm not the fucking rat. Start with you agree there is a rat.
0: You said there is one, all right? I base most of what I do on the idea that you're pretty fucking good at what you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it is hammy, but I enjoyed it. It was just yeah. it's just nice to see him. He's, he's one of those actors like, you know, we'll talk in the next thing that we do. You know, there's a little bit of that. And anyway, we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Um, He is there's not many people like there's who's like him as an actor now
0: nobody, and 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 the sad thing is we're probably never going to see him perform again because he may, he may, I mean there's all sorts of rumours, he's like not largely reclusive now he may have dementia, you know, it's like him and Bruce Willis, you know, we might have got taken off the board by the same thing and and I think that was his last great role really, you know, and, 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 and the fact that he works with Scorsese and it just, and it was an interesting dynamic between them because I think it's the, the only time, with the exception of Paul Newman in The Colour of Money, where he's worked with a star that has more juice and clout than he does and you know and mm. and, and you get the sense with with Paul Newman because he's coming to the end of his career and and he, and he and he seems like a, well he's obviously a completely different probably a nicer man than Jack Nicholson and and yeah, and yeah. Th- th- there, there, there was more of a I'm going to submit myself to this great director whereas like Jack Nicholson had things to say you know he was a co-author of every scene he's in you know, so he's not submitting to Scorsese and he's been around longer. He's, you know, his 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 you know, his iconographic status was established well before, you know, Scorsese came out of the gate and things like that. And so there's a sense in which Scorsese has to negotiate Jack Nicholson and, and also just lean into him because I think, I remember when I first watched it, I was a little bit disappointed with Jack Nicholson. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting something different. I don't know. And I felt like he was just doing his... You know just basically just 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 doing his shtick. Track. However, mm. like sort of two, I think I've seen the departed three times now with this viewing. I love him. I think he's brilliant. And I think I think his decisions mm. are absolutely correct. And I think he, you know, I think he took the role seriously. And 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 he, he he you know he knows his own instrument. He knows he knows he knows what he could do and you know and he's a phenomenal improviser. And and I think what he brings to the role is is great ha- having said this i'm going to praise infernal affairs i i think i love eric sang in that movie he's brilliant and i and I-, I not seen him in anything else he doesn't seem he didn't seem that didn't seem to sort of launch him into comparable parts but and it's a completely different you know he's, he's-, he's very it's a very counterintuitive bit of casting because he's a little chubby guy he's grinning doesn't look and he's and he's you know he's, he's by turns charming and terrifying and it's a mm. phenomenal performance. I liked Anthony Wong. I, I I wasn't like very kind about Anthony Wong Hard World. I think he's very good. I'd like more of him. I, I think that, that's what the thing I was saying about about time. I, I thought you didn't get to know him enough before he meets his end in, 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 in infernal affairs. And where, so where in... whereas you, you you you'd really got a, a sense of you know, yeah, I mean, because it's probably it's probably I don't I don't know how long, you know his 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 sort of, you know, the, the same thing happens to, well, I know, mean, we were talking about the that you know, like his death. Effectively, like, Char- not Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, I think you get to know him. You have that scene where DiCaprio comes to his house, which I don't think has its equivalent. And, and and I think you really get the sense of that sort of father-son bond more than you do. And also because Lung and Wong are kind of closer in age, aren't they? You know, and, and, and I, I think actually Wong's really good, but you don't get you, you don't spend enough time with him Well, you get to spend a lot of time with Eric Sang. And he's phenomenal. I, I you know, I, I really, really that that performance hadn't dated in my mind for me. And he was, I, that was one of the, my big takeaways when I saw it. I thought, who is this guy? He's phenomenal, you know? And, and he, yeah, yeah, that's
1: why it was interesting to watch, um, uh, Infernal, Infernal first two and three, cause yeah. he's in both of them
0: and yeah. you get to see more of have no, I've seen, uh, his I've his seen character. two and three by the way, but I've just, I haven't seen them since they came out. Yeah. It's just
1: been yeah. for a long time. I hadn't seen two or three before. Yeah. So I'm talking about myself really. Yeah. Um, uh, it was nice to see him into uh, become having lots of scenes with Anthony Wong. Like, and, and it's, it, isn't it a cinematico. more sort? Of,
0: it's it's a kind of more friendly. It's a kind of frenemy relationship, isn't it? In the first one, yeah. And and then am I right in uh, thinking in the, that, that, yeah. that Anthony Anthony Wong does something that's really kind of kind of unforgivable in a way? He, he kind of doesn't doesn't he sort of he crosses the line in terms of you know that 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 kind of makes more sense of the justification of his death in the sec- in, in the in the original is that yeah
1: When you see um, the the original and you see Eric Sang and all his goons in the police station and Anthony Wong comes in for the first time and they clearly have a, hey, how's it going? Yeah, Yeah, we kind of know each other. Um, But you don't really get to hear any of the background. Then in the second one, you get to see them working very, very closely together. And obviously then it starts to work in a, um, he's maybe, he's an informant or they're helping each other a little bit. And then, yes, uh, I I can't remember exactly what the inciting incident was, but- it does, doesn't, does, um, does, yeah, does Anthony Watt,
0: it's, it's ridiculous talking about this and this going on the record because people are going to watch it. And go, yeah, they should just watch. Uh, Adam should just watch the movie. I didn't have time, but it was, it was like, uh, isn't he responsible? Doesn't he sort of, isn't he responsible for a killing, a murder, Anthony Wong, or something like that? Doesn't he? Doesn't he do an off the book? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, And this is your actual opportunity yeah. to email in and like, and, like, take us to tap because then at least we will get an email. So there we go.
1: Absolutely, any contact's good. I'm just going to talk about uh, the Martin Sheen thing that you were saying I I still just didn't feel like involved enough I didn't feel like I was let in you know I'm seeing these scenes and I just don't feel emotionally connected or I don't feel like I'm Mike Sheen a brilliant actor, yeah, no doubt about it, and he's yeah. great in all the scenes that he's in. But mm. I just felt like there was just a sheen, excuse the pun, yeah. in front of the screen that didn't yeah. allow me to just dive in, and that that was the same with a lot of the other things. Carry on yeah.
0: as you were. No, no one thing me. I was going to say, I think, I think what 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 they what he doesn't do because it's it's interesting seeing because I think it's the am I right? I think it's the only Scorsese movie where he focuses on police as much as he focuses on gangsters. Um, but what you don't get is you don't get a sense. I, I think mainly because the the, t- the team can you are Alec Baldwin's crew of police officers, don't you? But they're but they're sort of working almost at cross purposes with um, Martin Sheen's trio. So there's Martin Sheen, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. and Leonardo DiCaprio. And so what you don't really get is you don't get get a r- real sense of like who the crew are, the crew of cops. Um, I think that's true in *Infernal Affairs*. You don't really get a sense of of, of, of the you know the, the crew of police officers. What I think Scorsese does brilliantly is is, is cast cast Nicholson's gang with brilliant character actors. Um, and you yeah. get a real and, and again, what he does is he, he does you know like he combines the three women into one character. He does the opposite. He splits um, one of the characters into two characters. So so you've got the the, the very slow witted gangster in Infernal Affairs, and I have to say, his his death sequence in Infernal Affairs is a brilliant sequence. You know, it's like it's, it's like a little monologue to um, Tony Long as he's sitting in the car, sort of. He's brilliant. brilliant. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah. And so what they do is they split him. I've I've got their names down. Um, Mark Ralston and uh, Mark Ralston was, was, was the. O'Hara. What was it? Yeah. Mark Ralston. Yeah, David O'Hara, who I like. I've just seen him prop up in things, you know, like. Yeah, And he's just, he's He's such a good, he's got such a good face. I like, I like the fact, I think they should have done this with Ray Winters. I like the fact that he retains his Scottish accent. You believe that a Scottish kind of hard man could exist in those bars. He's Celtic. That's why they, and and I think, you know, like, uh, is it Mark Ralston, you know who's who's obviously drake you know, we know from, from aliens Yeah, drake from aliens yeah. and Boggs bogs from the shawshank redemption he's got such a great yeah. like spiteful face and i think I, I, that- why was
1: he not in why was he not in loads more films like he seems to be I mean, maybe he did lots of sort of straight to video films, and well, I'm he, sure he's he worked, worked. But you yeah, um... know,
0: he's worked. I looked at his IMBD thinking exactly the same thing. Same, same. With, was it Alan O'Hara? Um, you know, he, he should, he should, David he should O'Hara. be in more high profile films. There's a lot of TV. I, remember, I think the last thing I saw him in mm. was like Agents of Shield or something like that. And right, um, but he's 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 they're both terrific, and they're and just and I look forward to their scenes together. Um, and I think the, the gang's really, really well fleshed out. I think. Ray Winston. We talk a little bit about Ray Winston. I think Ray Winston's miscast. I think initially his character was—he so looks great. good. And that's what I mean. He I think he, until he opens his mouth, he's brilliant. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and you can see the old boxer in him, like you know when he sort of like just he just takes out a guy in a bar, and you can see you can see wow. he knows how to throw a punch. And I like I do like Ray Winston, and but I don't think he's an accent man. You know, like De Niro in 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 Cape Fear. I think his, his American accents are pretty Rapey hey, hey. Do you know me? No. No.
1: Well, I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit, and there's guys you can't. Now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit,
0: but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm going to make a fucking ruling on this right now. You don't fucking hit him. You understand? He's got presence. He looks the part. He's got, he's got the right background to bring to it. And and initially he there's a story where he he went and, and like lobbied for the part and Scorsese went well there's not a lot to the part he goes well there isn't now and yeah so the idea is that he built his part up and and he looks phenomenal and it's if you can say someone gives a great performance a, a, a when they're not speaking you know I think he does I think he's got the presence he's got the you, you believe that history between him and Nicholson. Which is amazing because they didn't actually get on. But I think, well, why not? Why not? You know, if you've got a Scottish guy in your bar, why not just have? You know, you don't have to explain it. He's called Frenchie yeah. and they never explain that, do they? Yeah, he's a, he's if a monster, he's he got... and he's
1: got an English accent, mate. That's funny, like yeah. And,
0: and 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 I think and I think I think it would have been a phenomenal performance. And it's always great to see a Brit in that company. You know, like so. It's, it's always mm. in, in the same way that it was, it's lovely to see Stephen Graham in Gangs of New York, and then and then get like and then get bumped up to Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire which Scorsese produced didn't he and just and you see tough british character actors just get their due in these in these great american movies and stuff like that and the the one the, the last thing i'd like to say i thought i thought the screenplay was phenomenal it reminded me of like boston david mamet i've not heard creative swearing like that it was so refreshing just to hear this salty mm. vile nasty rhythmic language which probably wouldn't get past a production team now, uh, you know, they probably wouldn't sign off on some of the. I mean, some some of the swearings just outrageous, you know. But it's it's just so yeah beautifully done, you know. There's there's the there's the line I was I was writing them down, but then there's just too many of them. Um, hmm. and, and just a bit with Anthony Anderson when he's talking to, he's talking to Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio says something like this: "Because you're a black guy in Boston, you don't need any help from me." to get fucked
1: <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant yeah.
0: light and it's just so yeah. like out of order but there's a real truth in it and but, but then the non-swearing yeah. line so there's, there's a line where jack nicholson's walking past someone he just talks about his his i can't i can't remember why i can't remember if he's trying to get money off him or something like that and he goes but my my father's. My father's on his way out. He goes. We all are. Act accordingly. And and it's a. Yeah, beautiful, oh, it's well, almost I was going
1: to write that down as well. And, it's a brilliant.
0: But it's like line. a but it's like a. But it's like a life philosophy. It's right. Like, we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to die. Act I'm going to die. I'm probably going to get shot. He's dying of cancer. I couldn't care less. You know, just yeah. conduct yourself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I just think I think the script genuinely because I remember thinking, oh, you yeah, yeah, know, the, the script got an Oscar and then William Monahan went on to write one of my least favorite Ridley Scott movies, Kingdom of Heaven. I thought, oh, you know, he's and but I, I take it all back. I think I think the script is phenomenal. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful piece of foul mouth, like poetry, like like al- al- almost on a level with the best of best of David Mamet.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree. Quickly, Kevin Corrigan, uh, just prop prop him, he played uh, Sean Costigan, you know, uh, Leonardo. Is he like the junkie,
0: junkie, his junkie induction into the... Uh,
1: Not the guy who he kills, but the... um, The cousin. The cousin, yeah, 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 yeah. he goes to his house. I want to see, I wanted to see more of that. I felt like that, to me, felt like um, something that I could, and then when he he goes and sees his uncle in the hospital or whatever, and... um, and he says, oh, no, "I never I never want to see you again. Like those are the bits that I really kind of I bought into. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I just want to say, like, State of Grace does the sort of Irish sort of cops uh better yeah. than the departed yeah. for me. I, I, uh, I have least... watched you
0: introduced me to State of Grace. I remember I, I remember it's a great film. A great I need film. to I need to watch um, it again. I don't think I've watched it since like I was 2021 20, or something. Um, yeah. I remember loving Ed Harris maybe finding Gary Oldman a little bit too much in it. I, yeah. You know, like, like, I think, but I'd have to watch it again.
1: I watched it a few months ago for the first time in 20-odd years. Yeah. Um, But I do love the soundtrack. It's Ennio Morricone. Oh, is it? um, And it is a little bit sentimental at times, um, but there's lots of Irish bands. It's St. Patrick's Day happens. uh, It's Irish cops. Um, Again, Sean Penn plays an undercover cop. Yeah. You know, who's going to his old neighbourhood. I just bought the the story much more. It's when Sean Penn uh, meets Robin Wright to become Penn. Um, I think they got together on that film for the first time and they have a great chemistry between each other. Clearly, it's happening in real life, and yeah, I enjoy Gary Oldman. Yes, he is. It is Gary Oldman in his uh, you know, mid to late 20s where he's just kind of allowed to play. It's around yeah. the time he's done, um uh Sid and Nancy you know like it's uh it's punk rock, but it's right about right like the time
0: he did Dracula and, as well wasn't it wasn't he he was he was sort of kind of really really peaking at that point
1: yeah State of Grace was like Phil now directed it and I think he, yeah. uh, Gary Oldman had said himself that he was the one that plucked him out of England and yeah. brought him to America yeah um it was the first one that they really um anyway we've talked a lot um uh, and that's a that's been a long episode now so yeah. I think we should Wrap it up, yeah. Um,
0: if that's okay, unless you yeah, have of course. Films. Do you want to do you want to sell the next episode, like following your news? Yeah,
1: so the next episode of, of um, linking, we're, linking, we're linking episodes,
0: having thematic links,
1: Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson,
0: Motorbike
1: a classic, classic film, like really one of my favorite films. So it's brilliant because I get to be the saint again, and Adam yeah. gets to be the misanthrope that we all know and love him for. Um, Easy Rider. Film. yeah. Don't really, film.
0: don't really, don't really like easy Rider <laughs> very much. Not, really not looking forward to, forward to watching watch it. Watch it
1: with an o- at least, will o- watch it with an open mind. Now, I always do, I always
0: do. Reversals, reversals, apologies, and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I will, I will do. And uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my I'll give you my story about the mood I was in when I watched it. And and then you could right. you know I could just I, I just like handing you ammunition to use against me. But you, yeah, know, you that's have to okay. wait for the next episode to hear my 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 dark Yeah, story. I look
1: forward to that myself as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, so all
0: yeah, right. Great. Cool.
1: Nice one. Well, thanks for that, mate. Um thanks that's for everybody pleasure. who's listened, uh, who are listening and uh, you know, get in touch if you feel like yeah. it. And yeah, and if it. not, just keep on listening. Yeah. Keep on All trucking, right. internets.
0: Thank you from England.
1: Thank you from Sydney, Australia. Till the next time. Bye. Bye. The mission
0: has been completed. Truly. Really?